What is priceless to you? Happiness. Love. I'm, I'm a double down on love. You guys are so mushy. Like the two guys like... on the podcast said love. What is happening here? What did you here? say, happiness? I said happiness. I feel like this one was too easy almost. I think one of you guys said <laughs> That <laughs> Yusuf <was> already... <laughs> the day Yusuf comes back, he's already over on the side commentating. Um, <laughs> 30 yeah. seconds in. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't put a price on love. You yeah, can't. For some can't. people, maybe. For some people, I feel like. The gold diggers. You know? Yeah. Um, and and that's actually like... I asked that question because I think uh, over um, the past few days, we've really realized sort of the... Our love for each other? Power. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. But no, I was going to say um, the events that happened in New Zealand recently, mm. like um, that really showed. And, and if you don't know, there was a shooting that happened um, by this guy who claims to be a white supremacist. And it was at a uh, mosque that killed... Uh, it was it was two moss um involved and uh i think overall almost 50 people uh died and uh yeah it's extremely tragic and you know you really sort of understand how much you value um each other's lives and and, and the community overall um were you guys kind of surprised or anything by what happened yeah i mean it, i was pretty sad about it yeah but i'm saying like were you surprised I, the thing is like it's so weird because there's almost like this feeling of like disconnecting with the whole situation. It's like understanding what's happening because we've had so many things that are like so big and like shootings and all this. And then this is hitting close to our community. And I think that because it hit closer to our community, I had to like step back and be like, oh my gosh. But at the same time, all shootings are just as sad. And I think that we should also have people who are now stepping in and defending Muslims realize that, you know, there's an overall sense of life that we need to be grateful for versus just think, only siding with our communities when it happens. Yeah, I think it was surprising that it happened in New Zealand. I wouldn't yeah, expect that. Yeah, it's a peaceful country. And uh, because it's like, I, I know that there's a lot of hatred in the air, especially in times like this. But, um, you know, they weren't known for things like that. And, um, you know, it, it also shows that because he was saying that he uh, looks up to Donald Trump and, um, you know, like that's that's very weird because somebody who has kind of spread hatred in our country has made it all the way over. has inspired somebody to do a shooting. And, you know, a lot of people will say that you can't relate the two because those are their actions. But mm -hmm. I mean, he, he said it himself, you know, like that's what it came from. But at the same time, I was. I was also very appreciative of like the, the Muslim community oh. overall in the world mm -hmm. because um, I think that no matter what happens, uh, a lot of people's faith only gets stronger mm -hmm. and, the, and the reaction to it was out of like love and peace. And even the guy that the first guy that opened the door, I believe, um, he said like, Salam, uh, welcome, brother. Mm -hmm. And that just goes to show you that like this guy is facing his killer and he's still being so peaceful and loving right. towards him and i think that that sets an, a great example of how we should you know continue on in handling this type of thing absolutely um yeah i, I spent the entire night at the mosque actually um because a lot of people were there we had like a little lecture night and um it was important for the youth to understand that they mm. uh can voice their opinions and, and it's okay to feel sad and um afraid 
but but that the community is always going to be there for you yeah. so i want to also reach out to our audiences i know we have a lot of muslim listeners um if you need to express how you're feeling if you want to write it out um we're always here for you e- even on a personal level feel free to dm any of us or go through the strange flavors email and everything yeah. and what is that stuff yeah so um you can email us at strange flavors podcast at gmail.com uh on all social media we're strange flavors instagram twitter facebook and we're also on youtube at strange flavors so did you want to um weigh in on any of that before we move on i just think it's sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry you ash on me and i'm like i just you know it's just i just think that you know mosques are like i've always known that every place of worship like like i was even told this like in school once that like if you ever feel unsafe you can go to a like house of god it doesn't have to be a mosque but that is where people find you know peace and safety and it's just so sad that people went here you know going on about their lives finding peace in a place that this happens in Sorry, Shamir. No, no, I'm good. I don't have that. Um, also, I'm going to link the uh, the GoFundMe uh, that you can donate to um, if you want to help out the victims of the attack. And we're sending our most love and prayers to the victims and their families and, and you know, anybody else who's going through anything. That's sort of tough. Uh, thank you for tuning in to an episode of Strange Flavors. My name is Shamir. I'm Faraz. My name is Amber. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is brought to you by Aleph Theory. Sorry. I just got done designing some Strange Flavors merch. I had a lot of fun with it. They were Um, so cute. You liked it? Yeah. Like little ice cream things and stuff. It was a lot of fun to do. So that's going to be linked in the bio down below. um, If you want to cop anything Strange Flavors. pillows and cute stuff. Go get it, friends. All the cute stuff. All of them. Um... So what's uh what's going on with uh, Superwoman, aka well Lily Singh, aka Superwoman? Boss moves only. What's the boss move? What do you mean? Like I know I'm just saying what's the boss move? Literally, she got she's the first woman of color, um who has gotten a late night show on NBC and one a girl, two brown, three bisexual. So like she's covering a lot of uh areas here that you know she's representing and i think that's super cool i think she kind of played out her time on youtube i think she ran her course and it's kind of done i feel like a lot of her audience has kind of grown up and they became liza koshi fans just kidding just kidding um but still you know what did you say they grew up and became liza koshi fans oh okay um but still like i feel like she did her thing on youtube made it big and the next step that would make sense is something like this and i'm really proud of her yeah i think the funniest thing is and like anytime she made like a late night show appearance frost would roast her like you would roast her and be like yeah. yo youtube like personality very awkward. Is very awkward and stuff and then and she actually got, got it got a whole, yeah. her own talk show. Night show so i feel like they frost, do those can you like YouTuber. roast me maybe i get my <laughs> own late night show <laughs> i i think i think I, well first of all i'm extremely impressed and like just proud of her yeah um i think that my comments on like her sort of antics and like you know her behavior on the show is still stands because even when she was announcing it was kind of like awkward it's she's not and she'll get natural at it Mm -hmm. i think um but it's crazy how many people i hear all the time different celebrities saying like i want my own talk show one day even like Charlemagne, he's like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get a show one day but he still doesn't have his like own show yeah and like superwoman a youtuber has her own Mm-hmm. show and on nbc and late Literally. night I, I don't think there's any Fallon. other i think it's super woman. cute it's called a little late with lily like what <laughs> yeah that's a good so name cute. that's a good name yeah. yeah um so yeah like go superwoman that you're really 
you know, living up to your name. Is she and still going to do YouTube? She said she's still going to do YouTube, but like obviously at a, she she cut off all promises of what she was going to do structurally and how many times a week when she took that break months ago. Okay. Her channel might become one of those like late night show oh channels. Oh my gosh. You never know. What, get... if, what if she like combines it because it's a that would more be of an audience. Like, yo, yeah, actually that She would... could post clips on there if they let her, you know. And it would go on the trending page more often because mm -hmm. that's all the trending page now. Yeah. Late night shows. Yeah. It's true. Um, in other news, uh, you guys remember Aunt Becky from Full House? Yeah. Lori Laughlin, is that her name? Yeah. Um, her actual That's name? how you pronounce it? I think so. What is oh, it? What are you so, going to say? Loughlin? I'm so confused. What are you going to say? Loughlin? I was like, so. I don't know what I would say. I was like, <laughs> Lori Laughlin. <laughs> I, I think that's how you pronounce it. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. She, I'm sure. um, so she might be going to jail. <laughs> like, uh, she bribed. Um, yeah, it was in California. USC, right? Oh, okay. USC. Yeah. Um, she bribed them, right, um, to get her um, kids in there. I think that one of them already goes there, and they're trying to like find out if that was also. Um, was it Olivia Jade, the one who's in David Dobrik's They vlogs? both. She paid over five hundred thousand both. For oh, them. they were in the vlog. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Olivia um, Jade is in the vlog, and David helped her move in and everything. Yeah, it says it says that they are not returning to uh, USC actually. I mean, I wouldn't either if you go there and then the whole school knows that you got there because yeah. your mom paid. Now everybody's going to be like doubting your abilities the whole time. You know what's funny though? Like in Full House, there's actually an episode where like she, her kids in the show, she like uh, tries to kind of do play out the same thing. Oh, and that's where she got the idea from. She got the idea. And then, the but then at the end of the show, like she, you know, at Full House, it always comes full circle and they mm -hmm. learn the lesson. So she's like, you know, that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> but Never mind. In real life. She's like, oh, that's actually a good idea. The writers are dumb. Like, let's go after this. It's but so this... weird. It's like, it's like you wouldn't expect her to like be a criminal, you yeah. know? Like... On, honestly. <laughs> does it bother you though? No. It bothers because one, so like many people do all the time. Literally. I'm like, why are you surprised? Like, Okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not. I thought people yeah. already did that. Yeah, and they do. Like, okay, let's say you know, like the dean and stuff, and you like contribute like a park bench for the university. Your kids can <laughs> start. Bench. Literally, that's how it works. That, you donate yeah, money, and you get a bench named after you, and like your kids can go there. Or yeah. if you're friends with somebody, or like, you know. And she, I guess, didn't do it the right way. She did it the illegal way. Mm -hmm. And there's legal ways of bribing people i guess to get she should have just put in a big donation so my brother was saying that like you know it's not right because there's a certain like there's a cap to how many people you can have in certain classes and Agreed. how many people get accepted and stuff so i can see that perspective but at the same time i feel like the cap is for the people that are applplying to and be stuff, honest and then on top of that yeah. they get ex they're like oh yeah just throw them in there i don't yeah. i don't know how i it don't is, but. to be honest like from my own perspective that cap I feel like is BS like mm -hmm. you know it accounts for all that so yeah. many people get into these schools like a thousand of them like for if there's 200 kids in a classroom yeah, 201 is not killing them yeah and somebody commented like oh my daughter had like straight A's since elementary school and like was eight varsity teams and like uh eight fives on all my APs and she still mm -hmm. didn't get into USC and I'm like well your daughter's not good enough. Like, yeah. what the heck? Also, the, like, the other thing is, like, uh, I was saying that I, I don't know if I um, I would care that much because I think that when they're taking the classes and they have to actually put in the work, if, are they still going to... It'll show up. But then again, are they going to bribe again and be like, yo... Because I heard that they can actually change SAT scores and stuff, too. What? Um, so, I don't Where know, like... My but I think in the real world... More money. I think in the Basically. real world, it would it would... <laughs> they wouldn't be able to apply because if, if they're not, like... 
if they don't actually know what they're doing yeah, yeah, yeah. we're talking about obviously they'll they'll get fizzled out in the real world but then yeah. again like if they work for some company or something i think they'll learn in the process but, and yeah. they'll also, stick around olivia no jade doesn't need to go to school yeah like mm-hmm. her channel is so successful she just wanted the college experience. oh she's a youtuber too yeah yeah she's, she's a like YouTuber. a huge youtuber oh wow and yeah. she was just like she went from big youtuber she could have like easily not gone to college yeah mm-hmm. but she said she wanted to do the lifestyle of a college yeah too, and that's it and i guess she she said it herself she's like i don't like school yeah and i mm-hmm. I, I can see why people were pissed about that like hey your like mom appreciative. your mom bribed almost five hundred thousand dollars worth and you don't care about school i mean like mm-hmm. obviously 90 percent of college students are like that i feel yeah. like they're just like oh i want to party and whatnot and it's just like your mom yeah 90 is a high number bro dude it it's it's a yeah. lot. I mean, a lot of people are like that. They're just like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, nineties. But <laughs> I'm glad that she, I'm, I'm glad that um, this was exposed though, and that because it's wrong. It is. Wrong. I feel it bad wrong. that all the attention and pressure went on her and her daughter though. When there's so many, yeah, people there's involved. so many more. There's so many people involved, and it's all like Aunt Becky and her daughter, Aunt Becky and funny. Olivia Jade. Yeah. It it's... is, but like that, she's getting more heat from it. Getting like fired from all these shows. She's not coming back on Fuller House. Oh really? No, they no. literally have like kicked her off of so many things. She's not on the Home Improvement Channel anymore. Like there's a lot of stuff that she's losing opportunities from. But like, it is fraud, Donald though. Trump is literally our president, and he had a whole fake university. <laughs> like I just don't yeah. understand. Well, maybe she can have a show called, like, The Big House instead of Full House. <laughs> like The Big House? Good luck. Like, that's what they call Joe. Or, like, an SAT prep course. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, that was rude. Um, okay, okay, but speaking so, of celebrities, yeah. um, I did. I came across this interview of Michael B. Jordan, and he basically mentioned that he had to, like, go to therapy and, you know, everything after he recorded Black Panther because he was in this mindset, and he said that, you know, during filming and stuff you want to stay in that zone so you surround yourself with that environment and because you're filming for months and months and months you end up staying in that mindset and it's very you know vicious like uh, similarly like obviously I only did the show for a few weeks but I would everybody who was around me I'd be like stop joking and stuff because I have to cry in the next scene like you know walk away you have to do that but he's doing this on a much bigger like scale where he has to Michael B. Jordan played uh, Killmonger which is the evil person right black panther right yeah and he had to play that role on screen but also maintain that personality off screen to be able to present that on screen and he said after doing that that for months and months and months i i I don't think he i mean he's a method actor i feel like i think Mm -hmm. but too like he that role didn't feel like i'm gonna i'm gonna give an unpopular opinion i don't think michael b jordan is that great of an actor Hmm. He, I, I think he's pretty good. He looks fine. But but the Killmonger. That's it. That's why people like him because <laughs> he, he is attractive. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But the Killmonger role, like I feel like you don't need therapy for that. You know. Um, no, but okay, but Jared Leto and uh, who's the guy who played the other Joker? That once Heath he Ledger. Heath Ledger it. killed himself because of he. That's had, an extreme. I like mean, yeah. he was so into the zone that Wait, he but, actually but, needed but therapy. But to be fair, we don't know like Let's what he did to try to yeah. get in that role. Who, yeah, let's not discredit like it. Like Michael B. The... Jordan. Oh yeah, obviously. Maybe yeah. maybe he went just as hard, but he just like yeah, yeah. the role didn't require or whatever. Right. Well, I didn't personally. I didn't see that on screen. Right. Like I, Joker I see level. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he was saying that when everything he said everything was fine until it ended, and you don't have to be in that mindset anymore, and then you're confused with yeah. what to do with that same energy. You don't have to hold it anymore, and you have mm. to go through. That's therapy. how we felt about Rami Malek when he was uh, oh, yeah. got his Oscar. We we're like, yo, this dude is still Freddie Mercury yeah. on mm-hmm. stage. 
But speaking of being on set and actors and directors and all that type of stuff, the stranger on our show today is a director of the show that I was just on. He's an amazing director, writer, and storyteller. Please welcome Murad Amari. I can feel it slipping, slipping away. Don't know if I ever had it. Yeah, if I let it escape, it's like I'm looking in the mirror. As a fake, it's like I'm on a tightrope, but it's ready to break, to break, break. Because there's cracks in my vision. You don't like being on camera. Just gonna Put bring it in right You're on camera right now. So I, I know. I, well, this is different. I don't mind being on camera like this because, like, I was ready for it. I was prepared for it. Like, it's on my terms, right? And like, I don't mind even like performing. Like, I started out as an actor. As well, not really as an actor, but in theater. And okay. part of what I did was acting. And I, you know, even when I transitioned over to film, I didn't have a problem getting on camera. But it was always like, okay, I know the character I'm playing, I know the lines I'm delivering. It's on, or even if it's an interview, like I know who I'm being interviewed by, I know what we're doing. But like, when I say I don't like being on camera, like don't catch me off guard. Like I don't want to be. Like that's what this whole conversation started because we were behind what we were filming camera. was behind the scenes, and I'm like, I'm in my element. I'm doing my thing. Like I'm not trying to be on camera. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my thing. So like I don't want cameras on me when I'm doing my thing. Mm-hmm. But then that also translates over to like why I'm so bad with social media because I don't put myself out there that much. I just don't like to. Mm-hmm. I'll put my work out there, but I don't I don't really put myself out there that much. You is, it put... is it because you have that hat on now and you're an artist? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's all about me. I only create art so that I can enjoy it. Yeah. Nah. Wow. <laughs> no, that's, I, think, I think a lot of uh, people that are behind the camera would say something similar. And there's a reason a lot of times that they are behind the camera and not in front of it maybe. Maybe that has something to do with hmm. it. Let's um let's address the elephant in the room. Um, I think everybody's wondering Ooh. why you didn't cast me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because um, you were terrible. No. Cast you uh, for what? Aladdin. Be honest. You can tell him he was bad. No, actually, you weren't bad at all. Like to be to be completely honest, no, you weren't bad at all. You were uh so. Let's give this some context. So. Okay. Uh, web series yeah. from Dean TV called Rhythms of Faith, right? And that's that your directing. That I was brought on by D- uh, Dean TV to come and direct mm-hmm. the series. Um, there's a character named Omar who's brown, right? And so we did a casting call, or, you know, yeah, a casting call for that character. You came in, you fit the right profile, you fit the right age, you fit the right look. So all right, let's bring this guy in. Let's have him come in and read for the role. So you came in, you read for the role. You did good. I'm not taking that away from you. You did good. Your performance was solid. I'm not criticizing your performance in any way. Please but do. For me, when <laughs> I when when I am I want, casting, I actually want you to criticize it. That was my so first, that was my first audition. So. Yeah, we want him to be better. So I mean, I, I'd have to go back and look yeah. at it and pick it apart for me yeah. to give you some real constructive, like you know, feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. No, I was just, just trying like, to answer can, your question of like why we didn't cast you. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> you can go hard on me, like. But that's what I'm saying. The reason we didn't cast you has nothing to do with me critiquing you. I could oh, okay, do that, okay. like separately, and critique you and give you where I think you could have yeah. maybe done better. But it has nothing to do with whether you could have done better or not. Yeah. When I cast, I'm looking more for whether, like, if that person captures the sort of the essence of what that character is, right? Yeah. So we might have somebody come in and read for a role and they're clearly a more talented actor. Mm. Another person will come in and their acting capability or the way that they're reading the lines is, it's okay, it's good, but the other person was better. But this second person just captured a certain essence about the character that sold me on casting that person as the character. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Like when you're casting people, 
do you kind of like already have a vision of like, oh, this person is supposed to be like this. And then when you see that person, you're like, oh, snap, that's it. So and, the, then you, and you kind of mold them into. So the first you, part, yeah, I'll okay. go into an audition. Or I'll go into a casting session with a certain thing that I'm looking for with a certain like, OK, I want this character to be ABC. But I don't look for somebody to like that person. That's it. Bam. There okay, it is. Okay, yeah. Because I, I also want to see what you as an actor bring to that character. Mm. Mm. And, and that's that's where. I mean, you know, that's, I think that's why you had me doing an improv thing. When I came in for, yeah. ca for casting, you had me do this, like, re read part of the script. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't do good on that. I feel I like fine. I did okay. And <laughs> then I think it was an improv thing that kind of more, like, sold it. Because you could see me acting right. as a different Cause, thing Because here's just the that. thing. Is, again, to me, it's not the lines. It's not the dialogue. It's not even the performance. It's, the, it's just the presence that the actor brings to the character that's it and what we're the character that you played whose name was Khadija is very argumentative she's very like she's sassy she's got an attitude she's you know all this other Amber, stuff right Amber. so she Amber came and, and she read the role don't forget the fashion she's a fashionista oh Amber so she came and she read for the role right and she did good she didn't you, you, uh, it was okay it was, it was good it was, it was decent right mm -hmm. but I was just like okay I want to see if she can capture the essence of who this character is so I just put one of the other people that was behind camera I'm like argue with her about something I think, what do we say, like the border wall or something? Except like I had to be oh, for the I border wall. That. And I'm I like, just argue, that. just argue. Yeah. And she had no idea we were going to do that. And I like to do that with, and I'll only do that, by the way, with actors that like passed like stage one, okay. which is like, okay, well, stage one is always like, do they fit the physical characteristics of the, mm. of the, of the role? They do, okay, let's call them in and they'll come in. They'll read. Okay, they read, they did good reading. If they're terrible reading, I'll be like, all right, thank you, have a nice day. It's done. But if they did good reading, I'm like, I always, I'll throw a curveball at them mm. and just see how, see what they do with it. Say, so, okay, this is a really dramatic scene. I've done this to actors before. It's a really dramatic scene. They'll come in, they'll read it real dramatic. I'm like, all right, now do that again, but I want you to laugh the whole time like, like it's funny. Mm. They'll be like, what? This is like a dramatic role. Like this is yeah. crazy stuff happening. I'm like, yeah, laugh. Just do it. Yeah. Make it funny. Because like, and I just, just want to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah, you know? so what I can see that. So what tips can you give to people who are like for the first time auditioning for something? What can they expect? And what should they kind of like, how should they perform? I mean, every casting director and every director is different. Okay, yeah. But I think just in general, being flexible is 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 what a lot of people are looking for. Mm. Most directors are not going to want you to come in already prepared with how you're going to deliver the lines, how you're going to play. This the is character. my interpretation exactly. as an artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come in, you can come wrong. in with that. Yeah, Don't okay. that's fine. You can come in with that, but be ready to be flexible. Be ready to like take everything that you prepared. And like turn it on its head and do something else. Yeah, because your vision might not be the same. When you were doing, you were on the, you were on the computer on Facetime. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is like I had no idea how it works. I was yeah. like, oh, this is different. And then he's like, okay, wait, like, he was on Facetime. Yeah, yeah, he was I on. Wasn't a, here. He I was like, yeah. he was like the, you know, like the Wizard <laughs> of Oz. Like he was like, on an iMac. <laughs> he was like on a massive iMac. I was the wizard. <laughs> and then he's like, bring in the next person, and I'm like, who's talking? And then I go in front and I sit down, and then he's like right there on the. You can just see like the top. You know how your mom holds the iPhone camera and like oh it's my God. only the top. <laughs> I was just seeing the top of his head, and I'm like, oh, like this is the director. Was that weird for you guys? It was a little bit weird because, <laughs> especially because the like, the scene that I had read and practiced for seemed like I was this like noble person fighting for this cause, and like I came in there like trying to like sell myself like that. He was like, "You're actually supposed to be flirting this whole scene," <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, what? Like I'm supposed to be this religious girl who like doesn't even like like what do you mean?" And like, Khadija's a complex character. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, that already threw me off, and then this man was on an iMac. And then all of a sudden, I'm fighting about how I do agree with the border wall. So that was weird. But what was your experience? 
Yeah, I mean, it was cool. Like, um, I, I've never officially been a part of, like, anything. I actually snuck into something before. Um, <laughs> like, my brother does this stuff, and uh, we were doing House of Cards. So I just kind of snuck into the uh, the shooting, and um, I made it in, and he didn't. Nice. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but, okay, so let's get into this. Uh, for people that don't know, who are you and what's your whole background in? I, obviously, people understand you're a director, but where do you come from? Like originally, originally? No, I mean, <laughs> your background. I mean your background in film. But <laughs> or that like too. where my grandparents come from, is that what you're trying to get? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm from L.A., born and raised in L.A. My parents are from Jordan, in case anybody was wondering. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so I you know, I grew up in L.A. Um, and, uh, like, honestly, I know it sounds a little cliche and a little cheesy, but, like, I've always just been a storyteller. Like, when I was a kid, like, second, third grade, I used to just sit there and write stories all do the they, time. Do they, in school, like, have you take a lot of uh, entertainment, like, style classes at all? Or like, no? in school or yeah, in yeah. film school? Well, in school. In, like, like L.A.? Oh, like, no, it's just, like, regular school. Like, there was no, okay. there's no emphasis just because it's in L.A. <laughs> that there's no emphasis on the entertainment okay. industry. No, Because, no, I mean, a lot of people there's, do work in. There's creative schools that are like that. Yeah. Mm. But like those are like special schools that I didn't. I just went to regular. Oh, from a school. young age, you can go in those creative. You schools. can. You go to like a certain art schools or, okay. or certain okay. like you know, yeah, th- like performance performing arts schools and things like that. Right. But no, I, I just went to regular public schools. Okay. I just mm. I just liked telling stories. I've always liked telling stories. Like writing them and film too. Or I, no, so I didn't get into film until later. Oh. But I mean, it's all storytelling at the end of the day, yeah. right? Whether it's film or whether it's you know theater or whatever it is it's all so you, you story. liked it all like no matter what form of story it, initially i just used to like to write stories i would write them in these little books and i would like staple them and then i would have you know put them in my little bookshelf and i just that's what i just like to do um just what about a- anything something would happen like oh that's that's funny or that's cool and then i'd write a story about it um and i did that all through like elementary school and i did that through uh, middle school um and then when i got into high school i got into theater so that's where it kind of transitioned from just being writing into being like, okay, actually writing a story that gets to be performed now. So, and I like just, I took a theater class my freshman year in high school and just, that's it. I like, I fell in love with every aspect of it. I was already a storyteller, but I started acting, started performing, started getting into the characters. I started getting into like building sets and just all kinds of stuff. And I wasn't so much like a theater geek, <laughs> but like I was into I it. Was it was hated, fun. I always hated that process of like, like I liked, um, I always loved watching movies, and the thought of being an actor was always cool to me. But for some reason, doing theater and stuff always kind of was just like, I never liked that that part. Do you think that that's important uh, to go through? To no, I, I mean everybody has their own mm. like journey that they that they go through. Yeah, you know. But like for me, it was for me it was because it got it got me used to the idea of you know, taking something that's a concept, which I was already used to doing, and then now I'm making it, I'm turning it into something real. But, like, mm-hmm. things obviously look a lot, like, sort of less real in theater. Yeah. You know? Were you acting them, too? Or I did. Oh. Yeah, I performed. Um, I did I did quite a bit of acting, actually, in, in theater. And then my by, by my senior year, I wrote a play. And Whoa. I submitted it to um, the guy that was running the theater department at the time. Did he and like it? He, he loved it, and we got to do it. Whoa. Nice. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. And I got to direct it. Whoa. So that was my first sort of, that was my my first thing that I, I, I ever directed was, so was a play. So at that point, were you just like, all right, I'm going to be a director or? No. Yeah, like no. what was that <laughs> turning point for you then that you were like, this is something I want to do my whole life? 
That was in college, so I would have been in college. So okay. I went to college. I did the theater thing in high school, and then I continued to do the theater thing in college, but it was just fun. It was just like, just for fun. I kept writing stories. I kept writing scripts. What was your major when you entered college? Political science. Wow. Yeah. Why? Okay. Um, you know, I was young and 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 uh, wanted to change. That doesn't the world seem like a young thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, I mean, like, it was a whole thing where like I wanted to change the world and I wanted okay. to get out there okay. and like I was all about like back. I was very different in college. So back then I was just all about like oh going to the protests and like you know hmm. the str- the down with the struggle and against the man and like you know just making making the world different, like changing the world yeah. and being part of the revolution. But like. You know, at some point as I grew up, I realized that like, okay, all this stuff, like, okay, yeah, we go and we yell and scream in the streets for two hours, and then we all go to Starbucks after. <laughs> like, we're not really achieving anything. We're not changing the world by doing this stuff. But <laughs> oh my god, you just offended so many people. I offended so many people, so many people. Because the thing is, like, there's guys that I grew up with in those college days that are my age now that are still like all about that. I'm like, dude, you're still, you're just older now, but you're still going to these protests and getting Starbucks afterwards, and you still haven't changed anything. There's so. there's different ways to change the world, and I think if sure. that was. That was initially your goal, then I think yeah. that you're still somewhat achieving that. Somehow. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. That, that that goal didn't change. Oh, okay, okay. It's just, just the way the method. Absolutely, like <laughs> I'm still down with all these causes. It's just like I I see the way that I was doing it back then as sort of I don't want to say a waste of time because I know there's other people who are all about it and whatever. But like I just feel like it's more just well. Also, policy is not you know is not protesting. No, <laughs> it's not. So. But like my my mindset at the time was I'm gonna go to poli sci. I'm okay. gonna get into politics. I'm gonna become. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know really exactly. What I was going to do I was thinking maybe going to law and then I, I didn't really have a clear path but yeah. I knew I wanted to be in politics yeah. or in that world somewhere what was okay. the switch from politics to film so it was actually switched twice so what <laughs> happened was that I was a poli sci major but I was still doing theater just for fun right and then um, as part of the poli sci thing I had to take a journalism class and I'm like ah okay so here's something where it's still in the same world of like politics and global events and world events and, and causes and things like that but it's more stories. on the storytelling side and in, yeah. in the in the reality, you know, telling telling the reality and telling you know those type of stories. So I switched to be, being a journalism major, and that was extremely short lived because my first semester as a journalism major, I took a film production class, mm. and and I was still doing theater at the time just for fun, um, at, on campus. But I also did it like just with my friends. Like we would go to like. I don't know if you, you guys have MSAs out here, right? Yeah. yeah. So we had like an MSA West out there. We had our MSA West conference. So me and my friends would get together and do these like Which is a Muslim Student Association. Muslim Student Association. Yeah. 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 So we, I would do these performances and some of those performances were like super controversial and crazy. <laughs> like I hope there's no video out there that like, exists of some yeah, of this like, stuff. What that were we you doing? Stuff? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, was it like music, skits? No, they were like skits. They were like, yeah, they were skits that me and my friends would get together and we would write. And a lot of them were really, really, really controversial where I would play like somebody. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, just just hope. (laughs) He's like, I'm still trying to get hired for different film gigs. So I can't put this out there. That's a really good progression, though, to go from poli sci to journalism Mm -hmm. to to film is like, you know, you're you're understanding the way the world works when it comes to uh, who runs it and everything. And then and then wanting to make change. And then telling the story of those people and then going to telling different types of stories. And it's like you're getting a lot of uh, ethical background Mm -hmm. through that process. So that's true. But I still think that there was there was definitely a a part of me or a big part of me, really, that was very naive even once I got into film in Mm. terms of like what I wanted to do with that, whether it was poli sci or journalism or film. But so like I took I took this film production class. I enjoyed it. I loved it. And then the guy, the professor of that class, told me he was like, "Oh, why don't you? Why don't you? You know, have you considered majoring in film?" And I'm like, "Wait, you can do that? That's a thing." <laughs> and then your parents. Your <laughs> oh, parents my parents! Said, of course, they totally accepted it. 
Because yeah, you know how brown parents are, <laughs> right? My, our son wants to go to film school. Oh, yeah, yes. absolutely. No, the sarcasm is real. My mom's a psychologist, right? So she was cool with it. She's like, are you crazy? Probably because <laughs> she just thought it was a phase. No, no, no. She, my mom's, that's just, she was, she, whatever you want to major in, go ahead and major in. That's, that was oh, her approach. That's awesome. Um, she's maybe not as brown. <laughs> um, she's my, a psychologist. She's so a psychologist. That makes it yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but my dad is, my dad's my dad. <laughs> I love both my parents. I love my dad very much. But <laughs> he wasn't disclaimer. disclaimer. But he wasn't. Yeah. He's an immigrant. Yeah, yeah. So he, <laughs> he was. He wanted me to engineering. Even when I told him I wanted to go to maybe law school, he was like, eh, okay, maybe. But when I told him I wanted to do film, he was like, what are you gonna do with that? Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna make movies. He was just like, what? Like, Ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah. He was not. He wasn't very happy about it. But I did it anyway. And my dad. My dad's an old school Arab guy, right? So my dad doesn't really use words like "I'm proud of you." <laughs> that's not really in his vocabulary but like I'll make a I'll do a project the project will be done my dad will watch it he won't say anything he'll just watch it he's and then when it's done head. he'll just nod his head and then when he's gonna go visit his family in Jordan he'll be like uh, you know that movie that you showed me a couple months ago I'm like yeah he goes can you give me like 30 copies of it on yeah. like DVDs I'm like first of all nobody does DVDs anymore <laughs> but sure and then, but and that's how I know that oh, he's, he's okay probably, with yeah, it now because he want when he goes back back home to his to yeah. Jordan, he wants to he wants show to everybody. Look Aww. what my son made. Yeah. So, what do you, you think know, of awesome. film school? Like, how was it? Your experience? From? It was cool. I I enjoyed or, it. I, I learned a lot. Um, I learned a lot about what I didn't want to do. So, like what? Fair. Uh, I took a cinematography class and immediately knew that I didn't want to do cinematography. That's just not. Mm. I'm not into the technical side of things. Um, I know what I want the shot to look like. And I'll talk to the cinematographer about it, but like ask me to achieve that look. No, it's not. It's just, mm. it's just not. It's a foreign language to me. It's like yeah. f stops mm. and like <laughs> <laughs> candle like I don't know. I don't know. That's, <laughs> like, I, I don't know what what I just like make it look like this, and yeah. I'll communicate with the DP. Yes. So like you know, I learned a lot about what I didn't want to do in film school. Somewhere along the line, you went from you know going to film school, and you went to you mainly do Muslim films now. So like, how did that come about? Like, why, like why, why mainly not, Muslim films not. and Arab films and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, so a couple, a couple reasons. One uh -huh. is goes back to that naivety that I had, that I feel like I had when I was younger. Is that I still, even when I went to film school, it still was with that kind of naive mindset of like, I want to change the world with my movies. Mm -hmm. I want to do something for like for Muslims, for you know, for my people, for this. That's that's initially what I went into it with. And I, you know, I had so much that I want to say. I want to say this about that that subject. I want to talk about Palestine. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. And so I think it was very naive mm. um, uh, that that approach. And so because initially that's what I wanted to do. Those are the contacts that I made. Mm. Um, and you're gonna end up. I mean, this is this is just the world that I had immersed myself in and built around myself. So as I sort of matured as a person and as a filmmaker. I kind of realized that, like, I think I just want to tell good stories mm. and good sto good stories to inspire people, good stories to, like, make people think, good stories to make people laugh, even. Mm. Just, like, it, they don't have to be so preachy. They don't, I don't have to beat my message over, the, over my audience's heads. Well, I think, real quick, I think that a lot of people still, to this day, <coughs> they go in with that mentality, and a yeah. lot of people feel like they are doing that. Mm -hmm. Why do you think, can you help us understand why do you think that maybe that's problematic or naive because people don't connect with causes people connect with people okay mm. people connect with individuals they connect with stories like like I'm, 
who hasn't seen Forrest Gump and fell in love with Forrest Gump? Why? Why? Because it's an amazing story. Mm. There's no message there. The one time where Forrest Gump gets on the on the podium and he's delivering some kind of thing that could be seen as like a message pro-war, anti-war, we don't know. The mic cuts out and we don't hear what he says. Because mm. it's not about what the message is. It's about the story. And everybody connected with that. Mm. Everybody connects with that story. People, Humans connect with other humans. How long did it take you to learn that? <clears throat> I mean, it's not. I didn't wake up one morning and you know, yeah. Tiffany. It was a. It's a process. It was a process. <coughs> what was uh? You're fine. Um, what was the uh opportunity that kind of like allowed you to, um, to kind of know that this is something that you are able to do, um, and financially support you and everything. Oh, it took a long time. Yeah. It took. I had a lot of jobs in between. I worked at the Apple store for a while selling. I, I was actually, I, this now I'm going to kind of date myself and everybody's going to know how old I am. I was working at the Apple store when the very first iPhone was launched. Mm. That was miserable. I actually walked out. That was what, wow. 2009? <laughs> was that the last day of your job at Seven. Apple when you walked out? I mean, <clears throat> kind <laughs> of. <laughs> I went back to work like two weeks later, but I, <laughs> I lost my job because of that. I did. Because right. it, it was insane. I didn't realize it was going to be that bad. It was the very first iPhone launch. That's why, okay, yeah. so before uh, you guys came here, we, him and I were talking about people, we were talking about like Elon Musk and people that are changing the world. <laughs> he was really upping Steve Jobs, now I know why. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, the, I, look, iPhone and smartphones revolutionized the whole world. That's, that's yeah. you know. You just didn't want to be there when they were being sold. I just didn't want to be, I hate retail. <laughs> I can't stand retail jobs. I can't, but I work retail. Um, I worked other jobs. I actually worked as a cable installer for a long time, crawling in people's attics and in crawl wow. spaces. And then on the weekends, I'd go make movies and mm. I would do projects and stuff like that. So like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in there. I didn't like graduate from film school and immediately be embraced by the entertainment community and start making a living do, making films. So, what did you have to do to simple. like be able to get to that spot? What was the process like? I mean, I feel like I'm still not at that spot. Okay, it's a process. The whole thing is a process. If like if anybody ever feels like I made it, <laughs> you're done. Like, <laughs> you know, so like I no, I'm like I'm okay. I, I've reached a point now where sure I'm paying my bills. Yeah. It's my it, that is my source of income, making movies and, and being in the, being in that industry, but um, it, it I don't know it like again same same thing as like to your last question it's like it didn't happen one morning where I woke up and I was started getting hired for gigs and this it's just it was a very very slow process where it kind of reached a point where like okay I'm like now I'm I'm not saying anything novel here but it's all networking right so I just I networked with enough people and enough people knew me and were comfortable with my capabilities that I started getting hired. Mm -hmm. People, hey, I have a project, I have a commercial for my business that I want to do. We have an organization, we want to do a documentary uh, about XYZ ABC. Musicians, we want to do a music video. And just the people that I knew that I had networked with, um, I mean, it's not only networking, right? Because you can network, you can get to know a lot of people. I feel like you, a lot of it is networking. A lot of it yeah. is, but <laughs> if you know a lot of people and you suck, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Be. Like, you still yeah. have to be, there has to be a certain degree of like, right ability you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah you can yeah. also be the most talented person in the world and if you don't know anybody then it doesn't matter mm -hmm. was You're, it only directing jobs yeah. or no actually I, um, early on probably it was mostly editing mm -hmm. I'd get hired a lot as an editor what a uh, program initially Final Cut I was using Final Cut Pro for a long time until Apple decided that they didn't want to update Final Cut Pro anymore and switched over to Final Cut X and I'm like alright forget you Apple and I went to Premiere do you like editing or but, no not anymore I used to yeah. love it Mm. But not anymore. It's too tedious. Mm. But so, it's, I, I didn't mind it. And the reason why I I am okay with the fact that that's where I kind of how I started my career is mostly yeah. primarily as an editor is because that's part of the storytelling process. 
Sure. Like, I don't think I could have started my career as like a gaffer doing like lighting or something like that right. because <laughs> it's too technical. But editing, as technical as it is, it's still part of storytelling. Mm. And that's that's really, ultimately, that's what I want to do is I, I wanted to tell stories and editing allowed me that ability to tell stories. Right now, I would say the majority of the work that I do is writing. Oh. I get hired a lot as a writer. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but as a director as well, but it's like m- between writing and editing. I'm uh, sorry, between writing and directing. I still get hired as an editor sometimes, but it's and mostly d- writing and ed- writing and directing right now. On these projects, what's like the most dif- difficult thing that you have to do? Like what's d- you might even enjoy it, but like what do you find as to be like the biggest struggle within doing all of film as a director, as a writer? I think f- film as a writer, nothing. I, l- I love the writing process. There's nothing. Well, no, I'm not, I don't say there's nothing difficult. There's difficulties, but I, writers block. Yeah, everybody gets writers block. But um, so as a writer, I'm, I'm good with that. But as a, as producing or directing, filmmaking is a very very collaborative art form, and that's a beautiful thing in one sense because you get to pick everybody's brains about that. You know, I sit down, I talk to the DP, and I'm not a dictator on set. I'm not like okay. Mr. Cinematographer. Is that true, Amber? It's so true. I've okay. never seen a more calm, like, person who's, like, the char- like charge of something and not getting frustrated at all. Like, oh, you I have all of the patience in the world, <laughs> but you don't show it at all. Like, you're, like you are such a level-headed person when it comes to being on set. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I, because it is collaborative, and, and I want everybody to bring what they're going to bring to it. I want Amber to bring to Khadija as a character what Amber envisions in her mind about it. Where I'm going to talk about it with her too. Like it's not going to be only Amber's vision. It's going to be my vision, her vision. We might even bring some other people in, talk to them about it. So it's a very, very collaborative art form. Mm. So some of the troubles, some of the most difficult things that I've had is when I'm trying to collaborate with people that are not trying to collaborate, mm-hmm. that they're trying to like they're just difficult people to work with. Mm. You know, um, you know, a, a, a cinematographer who won't take direction, for example. Well, no, I, I want to shoot it this way. Okay, but. I don't want to shoot it that way. I want to shoot it this way, yeah. you know, or, you know, an actor who's just like, well, this is what I want to bring to the character. Well, cool. I want to hear that. And I want to talk about that. And let's, let's have a back and forth about it. Cool. But like at the end of the day, you know, I'm the one who's looking into the big picture. Like that's what the director does. The director doesn't get into Amber's only worrying about Khadija, mm-hmm. right? The gaffer's only worried about what he's setting up for lighting or for whatever it is. That's, you know, that's what it is. Like everybody's worried about their thing. I'm, my job as a director is to see the big picture. So respect that. And and a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't respect the fact that I'm looking at the big picture and your 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 personality. So it's I guess I'm giving a very long-winded answer to basically say personality conflicts. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but um, I feel like you do a really good job with working with them too because even when um I first came on set like before we did the first scene, my first scene was me literally bawling my eyes out. Mm-hmm. And before you we could do this, I had to like ba- and you know that's easy for me for us like, you know, it's <laughs> easy for me to cry. But that was the first thing I had to do so like Murad like takes me to the side he's like listen this is your character's dynamic this is how it's gonna be what do you want to bring to the character how do you think that you fit with this person like what do you want to bring to it and we found like a middle ground and you know even in the middle of the script if I said something and I'd look at it funny he's like it doesn't sound natural from you change it up and like you know he he would kind of go like it's fine to change it up as long as it works like it has to be good and then I think that you gave a lot of room for that to happen um, she said earlier that uh, you work on a lot of like, you know, Muslim or Arab films and yeah. you're kind of shaking your head. Um, what are most of your productions and do you have a specific style on them? Um, right now, most of my productions are, are, 
so earlier on it was mostly like documentary I did a lot of documentary back in the day and then somehow I don't know how I got into it but then I went through a phase of a few years where I was doing a lot of music videos I don't know why <laughs> what kind of artists mostly hip hop artists Dean TV I actually did I did a couple of uh, music videos for Native Dean I did yeah. um, but do you yeah. like doing that or no I, I mean the way that I am the way that like when I work on something mm -hmm. I like I, I don't know how I do it but I like trick myself into loving every single project <laughs> I work on I don't know how I trick myself but like because I'm the thing, thing is like if I don't love the project I'm working on yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do well yeah. so I've kind of gotten into this like zone where I can trick myself into thinking that like this is the most amazing project and then we'll rap and I'll be like oh that was lame <laughs> right, or, you know, because there's projects that I look back at now, and I just like cringe, and I'll roll my eyes, and just kind of go, "Oh, I hope nobody sees that." Yeah. But at the time I was working on it, I was like all about it. Because if I'm not, then I'm not going to do a good job. Like I have to be passionate about what it, whatever it is. So, um, is there any difficulty of being on a like like Muslim specific sets, like that you have to be mindful I, of, or this, that you don't? Honestly, my biggest issue with being on all these Muslim projects is the stigma. Like, I don't want to be known as the guy who does Muslim films mm. because that's I want to tell stories. It's just yeah. like the reason why most of the films that I do are that way is because, like I said, that's the network that I built around me. Those are the people that I know. But like, I've done horror films. Yeah. Um, I've done music videos for for artists that are not Muslim. Like, I like. But no, nah, man, I'm not gonna lie. Most of the projects that I work on have something in some way to do with either the community or, you know, it, it, which is, f I, I'm not mad at that either because mm -hmm. I'm from that community. So it's all good, like, I don't mind that. I just, I don't wanna be known as the guy that does like religious stuff, I'll put it that mm -hmm. way. Cause it's not, like a lot of the stories that I do have nothing to do with, or I try at least to not make them preachy. I'm over that, like I did that when I was younger and. I see the sort of the, the flaw of doing things that way. You're only, you know, you preach to the choir, right? The only right. people who watched those projects were people who already agreed with me. I wasn't changing anybody's minds. Right. I wasn't starting any conversations. Well, is it even possible to do a project like that and go <coughs> mainstream? Is that part of your goal, though? No. Okay. No. No. I, my goal is to tell good stories. If okay. I if I got if I got a call for a project tomorrow that involved. Uh, a character that is not Arab or Muslim and has nothing to do with Arabs or Muslims, I, I would sit down with it like I sit down with any other project, and understand what the story is, understand what the what the what the who the characters are, and I would tell that story to the best of my ability, mm -hmm. and then I'd move on to the next project, which is that's a, a whole different story. That's a bad habit that I have. Like, well, I don't you don't have aspirations <laughs> to like do something mainstream. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, for, of course, yeah, of course. But like, I thought you meant do something like Muslim mainstream. Oh no, no. no. Well, I'm I'm wondering if that's even like possible yeah i think so i mean like crazy rich asians is like some that was like a specific no, stereotype a, and a, then you break it in to like something no, but that's bigger. like an ethnicity uh and it's also like a huge i don't think that that's the same thing as like okay. a religion um yeah i what, guess I'm, i mean I was look, thinking there's more the religion like the Arab and then there's aspect the, of it right and that's what yeah so there's the religion itself and then there's yeah. the group of people whether it's Muslims as as, but then Muslims are so diverse, right? We're not monolithic. Yeah. Like you guys are like, all I mean, like, South Asian, and I'm yeah. Arab, and we come from very very different cultural backgrounds, right? Yeah. Like so, Aladdin is not going to be a Muslim film, right? Right. No, but I was right. thinking more. But of there's like going to the be Arab elements side. that sure. are from Islam, maybe. Yeah. 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 But um, you mentioned that you did scary movies. Uh, yeah, those were fun. You did something <laughs> called Jin, and correct me if I'm wrong, Deva. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are those are both scary films? They're horror films. They're they're shorts. Um, How'd you get introduced to scary films? That's so, <laughs> a buddy of mine. Uh -huh. uh, shout out to uh, Mustafa. His name is Mustafa Eshenzada. Yeah. Uh, good dude. He's a, he's a real close friend of mine. We've known each other for a long time. 
and he's just into stuff like that like he's into like horror films and like Halloween and like he goes to like all these events with like even when it's not like October even when it's not like, nothing, <laughs> like he just likes to go to these he's just a dark person but he's also a real fun like light person too so he came to me when he was like just years ago and he was just like I want to make a horror film and I'm like what for he's just like just like I have this idea for this film. I'm like sure let's do it so we did it and it was cheesy and it was poorly made but it was fun how many jump scares in that first one, man, I don't remember. The first one, I don't even remember what and it was Jin? called. No, Jin was the second one we did. Oh. Um, but the first one, as bad, I think the first Didn't one was called. Did you say that you needed, like, a budget for it, and you asked him to go get in? He, like, what was that for Jin? So, so the first one, you he just, yeah, so he just, I don't know how much he got. He got, like, ba- basically just barely enough for us to, like, rent a camera. That was basically it. And we just got some friends together and made this little cheesy horror film. But it did well. Like, he's he's the complete opposite of me in the sense of, like, I'm all about like just the project, get the project done to the best of my ability, and then I move on to the next project. Where he's like all about like the marketing and push it and mm-hmm. get it out there and like, so he did that with the first film. The only reason festivals. I found these films is because of his because posts of, yeah, about I know. these. I know and, <laughs> and things that he's put out. He's yeah, like the marketer of marketer of all of your he, films. He really is. He really is. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's really good with that stuff. So he got it out there. And then so he came to me a couple years later. He was like, hey, let's, you know, round two, man. Let's do it again. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, but this time I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not going to do another horror film with, like, just me and you and a camera and, like, some friends. Like, we got to do it legit. And he was like, all right, how much money? So I told him, all right. I don't even remember how much it was, to, uh, honest. Like, and he, I was just like, get this much money. And he was like, all right. Called me back, like, a few months later. He was like, all right, I did this GoFundMe or, or whatever it was. Uh, um, what's that other one? Kickstarter or whatever. And he got it. And I'm like, wait, you actually got people to put money into this thing? He's like, yeah. I'm like, Sweet, let's do it. How did he get people to, like... I don't know. <laughs> he made his own little film <laughs> yeah, teaser. I, I mean, he used the first one that we made as, uh, like, you know, a trailer. Like, hey, uh, we're bringing in a Muslim horror film. Because it's called Jin. Yeah. The second one is called Jin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's... I got that's some great. stories about that one. Um, <laughs> that one was fun. That was probably... Of the three, I think, that the three horror films I did with him, I think that one was the most fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, go watch it. I'm not going to ruin the story, but it's basically a story. I'll set it up, at least, of... A young couple that buys their first house. Oh, and no. they move into <laughs> You see where this is going, don't you? Um, so, yeah, they buy their first yeah. house. They well, move into the Amazon house. Well, they're on Amazon Prime, so we can go watch them. You can, yeah. And Deva got some. Okay, on Dean TV, they he kind of. He didn't finish his summary. He, yes, he did. Didn't, well, that's he pretty, I mean, they move into the house, and it's. That's a, all you need to know. I don't want him to go watch it. He the said the movie's right. called Jim, but, but it's. Okay. So, we did that one, and then Mustafa actually submitted it to a bunch of festivals, and it won, like, yeah. scariest film. Whoa. Uh, oh, and, like, nice. a bunch of, like, festivals and things like that. It did really, really well. Jin did really, really well. And then so he wanted to do a third one, um, and I was just like, "All right, man, let's do it." So then we did we did Deva, which is, it's 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 very different than Jin. That one's is a little bit harder to set up, but that one deals more with like a breakup and an obsession, where a guy mm. becomes obsessed. Like with, you, <laughs> please. No, 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 I'm sorry, not you, not you as a person, you as in the TV show. <laughs> There's a TV show called You. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that that's what you were saying. No, 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 no. I'm I was like, relax, Amber. No, I'm sorry. Jeez. Um, okay, so the Oscars just happened. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing happening in Hollywood? Do you keep up with Hollywood? Like, I should, shouldn't I? Yeah. I watch movies. I do watch a lot of movies, but surprisingly, I don't keep up a lot with what's happening in the entertainment world. What's uh, What are some types of movies uh, that really excite you that I think people would know? Um, I'm a... I'm, I, you watch independent I'm not, films, I'm not, right? I'm, what was that? You watch independent films. 
No, I'm not that like artsy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I do some, but like no more than like regular folks. I'm not like okay. only Sue. I'm not. I'm not one of those people that are just like, oh, that's too mainstream. For I'm not gonna watch that. <laughs> okay. Like, no, I do love. Do you watch like, the Oscars or no? I didn't this year. I didn't. Sometimes but you I do, do like them. Some. I mean, again, I'm not. I don't keep up that okay. much with like the entertainment world as much as I should. I probably okay. should. But I, ask I don't. Whenever I ask someone that's, I guess, like in the industry, quote unquote, yeah. they're like, oh no, the Oscars like are not real or something. So I don't know how you feel. And there's a lot of politics, okay. but I don't have any inside information. She doesn't that do politics yeah. anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you were saying what type of movies? Um, I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Okay. So, like, that's one thing. But, like, who isn't a huge Christopher Nolan fan, right? Like, I'm not special. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, that means it works, though. What, what works? Like, his, his movies, movies work, then, if everyone likes movies. them. It's not like, oh, just because everyone likes them that, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, I also like well, them, because, so it's not see, valid. His, his films, like, he gets into the minds of these characters. And, mm. like, that's, I like just, I love that. And I try to do the same with my characters. Okay. I try to make them very, very dynamic and very complex. Mm. Like, even with this web series that we just did, Rhythms of Faith, right? So I'm not going to lie. Some of the characters are a little bit kind of one-dimensional, a bit. But the my favorite characters in that, like her character, I'm not just saying this because we're sitting here, but her character is probably one of my favorite ones because she's so complex. Mm. She's very, very complex and weird and very hypocritical. And, like, she's she's not, like, just this, like, perfect little Muslim girl. Nor is she just, like, this girl that just, like, wows out all the time. Like, she's, like, somewhere in between, right? She's, she's complex. She's confused. She's rebellious. conflicted. She's rebellious. She's conflicted. She's complex. Yeah. And I, I love complex characters like that. So, and Christopher Nolan is an absolute master of, of complex characters. Um, another one, this one isn't really film, it's more television, but um, another one of my inspirations as a writer in terms of developing characters is George R.R. George R. R. Martin, who's the creator of the Game oh. of Thrones world. Okay. Um, I read all his books, all his books, like not just the Game of Thrones books, like I read like all his books. <laughs> and, um, Why is he behind on Game of Thrones? <laughs> I'm not gonna get into that. I, like when it comes to the show Game of Thrones, like I'm yeah. ju I'm just a fanboy. Like I don't, I'm not gonna sit there and pick it apart. I just love the show. But in terms of like him developing, like his ability to develop characters, like he developed a character that I'm gonna okay spoiler alert I guess right for Game of Thrones for anybody that doesn't watch it. There you go. There it's out there. Spoiler alert now. Right, he developed a character that throws a seven year old boy out of a window and tries to kill him in f season one episode one. Okay, and is involved in some like really weird relationships, right? And by season three, we're rooting for this guy to succeed, and we love him, and he's a hero. Like, how do you do that? How do you do okay. that? You do that with extremely complex characters where you see their dark sides, you see their their light side, and because we all have that in us, we all have that murder murderer killer in us, and we all have the person that like saves the day in us. We're all shades of gray. That's what real humans are like. So, you know. That's what I like about George Martin's characters. That's what I like about the way that Christopher Nolan develops characters. Mm. Like they they have to be complex and gray. Like I don't like the good guy thing. If you could guy, work with um, like one to three actors or actresses from anywhere, aside from be? me, you know. Oh uh, yeah, I've already <laughs> definitely not her. No, <laughs> that's checked off the bucket list now. So yeah. I got to work with Amber. All right, <laughs> one out of three done. <laughs> not for us. <laughs> I never finished why we didn't cast you. <laughs> I never got to finish telling that story. I I'll make well, that. I'll, let me finish that real quick. It's really, really quick. Basically, the bottom line is that character is really dark and really brooding and really just like somebody who's just like, uh, like angry all the time. And like you came in and you were like very cool and very mm. chill 
You got swag. Like, I'm taking as a compliment. <laughs> he like, so I'm just, like at home. I was like, this dude is too chill. He's too cool for Omar, for the yeah, character yeah. Omar. You're and too cool. the, uh, the, another dude who came in to, to read for the character, to be honest, like, you actually did better than that guy, but he just brought this essence. He Darkness. brought this presence there. He was like dark and brooding and just like, ugh. And like, he just, you know, you were too cool for the role, is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I got it. The week after that, uh, so she told me that. And then the week after that, <coughs> I got compared to a serial killer. So. Oh, wow. But See, a calm everybody's, yeah, everybody's perspectives. Oh, that type of serial killer. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say nothing. What right other now, type but... of serial killer? <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. So many. <laughs> okay, wait. So, all right. Who are the act? Who are the act? Like three actors or actresses that like you would definitely want to work with, direct their movie. Man, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I just got done talking about Christopher Nolan, right? So he obviously he works with Christian Bale a lot. I think Christian Bale is an amazing actor, who like just immerses himself in his characters. Okay. Right. If you've seen like The Machinist, or if you've seen like that one that he was in the 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 boxing movie. Now that I forgot what it is. The fighter. The fighter. Yeah. Um, he just like becomes these he characters. Did Vice just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just he becomes these characters. Oh yeah, and Vice like you can't even tell that's him. That's insane. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, um, and I love just I love actors that do that. So he's definitely one. Mm. Um, man, one more. Uh, one more. Oh right, because Amber was yeah she was. A <laughs> All right, Amber. <laughs> so one more. Mahershala. What was that? Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. Oh. You were just putting I mean, actors in his mouth. He's, no, I mean, he's, he's, he's good, but I, I'm just, honestly, like, he's just not somebody that ever, like, kind of came to mind. Okay. You know what? Probably Rami Malek. Just because I got go. that, like, Arab connection with him a little bit. <laughs> there you go. And that dude's just amazing. Amazing. Killed him. I, feel like yeah. he's, I feel like he's stuck in his, um, yeah. in his Freddie Mercury mode. Like When he did his Oscar speech? Even now, like, when he, before that, I remember him, like, you know, walking and talking and stuff, and it seemed pretty... Rami, but now it feels like he's just he's just always Freddie Mercury. It's I feel like he's stuck. Maybe he's like he immersed himself so much in that in that role that he's just like yeah, who knows? Actors do that. Yeah. Also, method like I don't you... know if he's a method actor though. But if you yeah. see some of his stuff even before this, like everybody's on, you know, Rami Malek is like on right now because of mm. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, and he yeah, just yeah. won all these awards. But like I was kind of like I was feeling Rami Malek before all the Bohemian. I mean, you know. I knew Rami Malek was cool before Rami Malek knew he was cool. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, no, I'm just like, I'm talking about like Mr. Robot, obviously, he was really good in, yeah. and I saw some of it. He, he was even in a, a, a Tom Hanks film like a long time ago where he played some like goofy college kid or something like that. Mm. It was a small role. But even then, like, he killed it. Yeah. And I was like, this dude's really good. And I kind of <laughs> saw him coming up, and like, I would love to work with that yeah. guy. It'd I want to ask you um, also regarding actors, like, what do you think about people who are uh, not of the race that the story was written mm. for playing that? Like for example, if a white person played Mulan or whatever, like didn't um what's her name Scarlett Johansson play some Asian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she did so, in the anime. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about that, especially from a director's role? I think if it's extreme, if it's like what you just described, mm -hmm. like it's it's not cool, mm. right? But people kind like I have for as a director, for example, right? If I'm casting, yeah, uh, an Arab character. Mm. And a Persian guy comes in and reads for the role and does really well. I'll cast him because he looks Arab. Arabs and Persian. I mean, come that's on, close. Right? That's yeah. like what happened yeah, exactly. with Aladdin, right? Like, uh, yeah. it was an Egyptian guy and a. Yeah. We had a white dude play a Baksani character on this show. We did. Yeah, my dad. He's not white. 
Oh, oh he's half white. Yeah. He's white. <laughs> but he wasn't Pakistani. Okay, okay sorry, so like, sorry, where's sorry, the sorry. line there? My bad, my bad. <laughs> I, I thought that basically you're cool with it. Give me, give me your hair, papers. I need your birth certificate to see it. Like, yeah, no, I mean, look, if you fit the role, if the person comes in and fits the role, okay, then I don't see what the problem is. That's mm. just me personally, right? But then at the same time, if the person comes in and doesn't fit the role, yeah, that's cool too. But then change the character. Mm. change the character then right like you know there's all these stories like Whoopi Goldberg used to do that she's going in read for roles that were cast for like white men and then and she's a black woman obviously then she would end up getting cast in this role but they're not casting Whoopi Goldberg now to play a white man they just change the character now to be a black woman mm. the character is now a black woman so like I'm cool with that too so like if you're if you're casting which that's actually what we did mm-hmm. with, with what Amber's talking about is that the character originally was Pakistani this guy came in to read for it. He was really good, but he doesn't look Pakistani at all. So we didn't just like, all right, let's just force this guy in here as Pakistani. We changed the character. The character became no longer Pakistani. He was Arab. Thanks. You so. didn't want to give him a spray tan? I know. Right? <laughs> he became my um, stepdad instead of my real dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He became a stepdad instead oh, of Oh, that dad. must yeah, change yeah. the story yeah. up. We, and that's exactly, that's that's what we did. So, you know, if you need to make changes like that, but like, no, I mean, obviously like having, if a, if a, if a character is black, Obviously, you know, blackface is not a thing anymore. That's not cool. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so or brownface or or like all the, all this other stuff. But yeah. you know, where it gets a little dicey though, right? Is like, what if I want to cast for a Pakistani character, okay? But that Pakistani Pakistani character is an immigrant, right? Would you now come in and read that character with an accent, or are you going to be offended by that? Because this whole mm. thing now with like a poo mm. and like, right? That whole thing like. What, to me, like, why is it offensive if the character is an immigrant? Mm. Like, I'm not making fun of immigrants. This character is an Im- I don't want you to do the Indian accent so that everybody could laugh at it, but this character is an what immigrant. What if I do the accent better than the immigrant? What do you mean? I'm saying, like, <laughs> I'm saying according to your thing, like, yeah. you know. It, right, exactly. If you I come might in, fit the role, right. but, the, like, just because he's an immigrant, like. Right, right. And I actually... I'm having a little bit of a conflict right now with with, with a comedy film that I'm working on okay, because this wow. comedy film is all about immigrants. That's the, mm. what the story is about. And me and the 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 producer, well, he's the writer producer. Uh, actually, he's the director too. I'm 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 co-writing and and, and producing for him. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, well, if we're gonna cast somebody as an Indian immigrant or a Pakistani immigrant, we have to cast an immigrant. And I'm like, why? Mm. He's like, well, I don't want anybody faking an accent. I'm like, why? He's like, well, I don't want to offend anybody. We fake all that. Gotta be like- and I'm like, why is that gonna be offending somebody? <laughs> the story is about immigrants. We're not asking somebody to do the accent again. You know, again for people to laugh. It's it's the the guy himself is an immigrant. He's just like, well, maybe he learned English really really good. And I'm like, nah, dude. Like anybody who comes from a, from a different country is gonna have an accent. Even people who come from different states have different accents. You gotta release a PR statement like, listen. Listen, the immigrants are not auditioning because they're not allowed to uh, pursue <laughs> acting. They have to be like second, third generation. Yeah. That's the only way it's going to work. Also, we stereotype too. Actually, come to think of it, you might actually fit that role. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we're casting for that. Come in oh and read for it. <laughs> never again. I'm never. Wor- no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, we got to wrap up soon. Did you have any like last? Yeah. Okay. So things? you had a post where you said basically that... Y- as a filmmaker, you've had this scenario happen to you a lot of times oh, where a friend yeah. will have an idea to work with you. You say, I'd love to collaborate. And they're like, okay, great. So now can you actually make the film? So you write and or um, produce slash, um, you know, direct the film. And after it's done, you mo- move on to the next project. And they say, thank you. And then they end up taking all the credit for it. Never mention yeah. your name or your involvement. And yeah. then you said, rinse and repeat. Yeah. It's a story of your life and mm-hmm. your film career. Mm-hmm. Why do you talk about that a little bit? Like, what what do you mean by this? Because you seemed really angry in this post, or yeah. like upset. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
just for the record, I, I with the specific individual that was happening with that at that time, we hashed it out. We're cool. Okay. Okay. Um, cool. But cool. but the rinse repeat part is true though. Like mm-hmm. it happens to me all the time. Right. All the time. There's a lot of people that I haven't like hashed hashed it out with. There's people who. I work on a project. I become very very passionate about the project. I do the project and then I move on to the next project. Mm-hmm. That's just it's a flaw of mine. I recognize it. I don't know how to fix it to be honest. Is but it you specifically or your job as a filmmaker? No, I think it's just me. I don't. I don't. I'm, I don't. I, it's just me. That's just how I am. Um, I'm not. I don't. You know, marketing and 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 pushing things and social media and network and getting things out there. It's just. I don't know. Like, that's it. I've, I've moved on. The project is done. So if there's nobody behind the project pushing it, then the project probably won't get pushed. Which is why I like to work with other people that do things like that. Mm. Like that guy Mustafa. That you know, for the, the gin film and things like that. He's amazing with things like that. Um, but because that's sort of my nature to do that. I've worked on a lot of projects where people will um, have me do the work, mm-hmm. whether it's the writing, the directing, the producing, whatever it is. I'll put the whole thing together. Then they'll put it out. They'll get it out there. It'll do its thing. I worked on a couple projects. that got millions of views online and things like that. And then, like, when they're getting, then they get recognized for it. They're getting awards. They're being interviewed by, you know, magazines. Or they're being, and then my name just never gets mentioned. They, they, they go on to and talk about their project and and take an acknowledgement for the project as though they did it completely on their own and I had nothing to do with it. Mm. And then based off of that, because they're so good on hyping themselves, and that's good. I'm not mad at them for hyping themselves. Like more power to you. Hype yourself if you're doing something cool. But um, they will then get, because like what's credit and acknowledgement in this industry? It's not ego. Well, unfortunately for most people, I think maybe it is ego. It's everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's not, like, for me, it's not ego. Like, I don't want credit and acknowledgement and awards and interviews or my name to be dropped for my own ego boost. Like, it's, that's what gets me more work. That's what elevates me to the next level. That's what people hear. Oh, this guy did that project? Okay, well, I have a project. Let me bring him on. That's how, that's just how the industry works. That's how a lot of industries work, but particularly this one, right? So a lot of people have done that. And then they'll go on, they'll get recognized. And then they're off now doing bigger projects and bigger projects and bigger projects. And they're like, thanks, Rod. And that's it. And then they, I, that's it. And I never mm-hmm. hear from them again. Yeah. They never mention my name. So it's happened to me a lot, yeah. to be completely honest. That's that's happened to me if many, many times. If you could put like times. a PSA out there, like what would you, what would it be for like Murad specifically? Like so that this wouldn't happen. Like what do you I want got, people to know? I got to start hi- hi- Like you're talking about like what, like a lesson mm-hmm. that I need to learn about myself? Or like tell people who like work with you like, how to do it differently. I mean, you got to get used to the idea of hyping yourself, not for the sake of hyping yourself, but for the sake of like getting, you know, getting people to recognize the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then like negotiate. Like now I'm, <laughs> I'm at a point now where I'll negotiate things with people. Like not just like I'll negotiate social media posts. That's like part of the contract. Like anything you post about this project, you have to n- name me by name and tag True. me. In. Oh, that's so important. Yeah, yeah. And when, like before, I wasn't doing that. Mm. Like, and then what happened is like I get my name on the screen on credit in credit, right? But like, you know, YouTube yeah. and Facebook and social media, they, they, those algorithms don't read the text that's on the screen. Mm. Yeah. So like, it means nothing. It means nothing. If people see my name, but that's it. But they'll be tagging people. They'll be or like. I'll tell them, like, if you're ever interviewed about this project, you have to talk about me. Mm. And I'm not talking, obviously not if I was, like, an assistant or if I was, like, I'm talking about I'm writing, producing, directing these projects. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if I'm a writer, producer, director, any combination of those three, I'm now negotiating that, like, any post that comes with this project, I have to be on. Mm. Whether it's mm. an, an interview or if it's a, a social media post or whatever it is. I ha- Or if it's an award, if you're being recognized as an award. And it, it sounds 
self and I don't like doing it because it sounds self-centered. Like, okay, if you if you're gonna get an award, you have to mention my name in your acceptance speech. Mm. Like, it sounds petty, it sounds silly, mm-hmm. but like I had to start doing. That. I had to start doing. Uh, that. I was I was wondering if like, if like when people are accepting an award, if that's like part of their deal that they have to do that. I don't know. I started doing it, and okay. it sounds it sounds weird, and it's weird Maybe for me it is for like certain production. You're saying it sounds weird, but it, I feel like it makes sense, especially when you consider everything you said, how, yeah. you know, it's a cycle and that it happens over and over. And that's important to you. Yeah. And, and happens, important to your career. Yeah. And it happens over and over. And I'm probably doing it to myself to an extent, because, like I said, I'm the type of person that just moves on to the next project. So they're saying, well, Murad's not hyping this film or this project. He's not pushing it. I'm pushing it. Yeah. So since I'm pushing it, well, I'm just going to take all the credit then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think people think about it consciously. I think it just kind of happens. And then. You know, fame and popularity. Success does weird things to people. Weird things. Mm. So, like, yeah. So, like, uh, the very first time it happened to me, somebody came to me. They were fresh out of film school. And I was a few years older. I was out of film school for maybe a few years by then. And they came, I have this idea. I'm like, okay, it's a, it's a cool little idea. Sure, let's do it. And then we did it. And we posted it online and it blew up and it became huge. And then I never, that person just never mentioned me. I moved on. Like, I moved on to the next project. Can you say what that project was or no? no. I <laughs> um, I have another question. But it's old. It's like it's been it's been a minute. It's been like probably okay. ten years. So mm. I think another, this is the last one. Yeah, I have another yeah. question. You're sitting with three YouTubers right here. Yeah. I just want to know like what you think of like YouTube and like those types of filmmakers. Have you ever thought of like going into YouTube like that or? <laughs> Some of my early successes were with YouTube, but I just didn't because of my flaw of like not you know capitalizing on on things like that. Um, I didn't ride that. I didn't continue to ride that train. But there was a certain point where er, we're talking like early, early YouTube, 2007, 2008. I had like 50,000 subscribers. Oh, um, and my videos were getting two million, three million hits. Wow, that's and a I lot. Just, yeah, I never, <laughs> yeah, for that time. And I yeah. just didn't. I didn't ride it through. I th- at the time, I saw it as like, oh, YouTube's just like this cute little online thing. And I, my <laughs> stuff was doing well, and and I monetized them at a certain point and made a little bit of money off of them too. But it was just like, I just didn't. I don't know why at the time, but I just didn't see it as like a viable thing. Um, I was trying to get into the film industry, YouTube. I, w- I didn't take it seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so This one you know, will be on YouTube, right? This one will be, but like this is a, a different, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's a whole different thing. Like they have their own YouTube channel, things like that. Right. So like, how do I feel about YouTubers? Do your thing, man. Like I think it's, like, I think people have to start recognizing that that's where everything is going now. Can that's they, just, can they yeah. be Hollywood actors? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why, why not? Mm-hmm. Acting is acting. If somebody's a good, talented actor and they're dynamic on screen and they can bring something to the character, whether it's on the big screen or the TV screen or the or the computer screen or the phone screen, like what difference does it make? A good actor is a good actor. Do you ever think that like YouTubers have revealed too much about themselves to be taken seriously as in, because there's the whole thing about like actors need to be mysterious in some way so that they can fit any role. Is that like something that you vibe with or no? I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. I do understand what you're saying. I've heard like Denzel Washington talk about that a lot too, where like yeah. he'll disappear, he'll vanish for like a couple of years. So people are like, oh, what's going on with Denzel Washington? Mm. And then when his new movie drops, everybody's like, oh, let's go see it, right? So I, I don't know. I do see what you, I don't think there's one path to success. I, I don't. Mm. And like I, I see all these people out there, you know, these huge YouTubers, and some of them, to be completely honest, I don't even like them. Like, I don't like their personality, but I'm like, <laughs> all right. But like he's doing, he or she, they're, they're, they're doing their thing. They're out there. They're, 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 are you talking about Pussy Tube? No, I, I swear to God, I wasn't talking about that. <laughs> I was not talking about that dude. Um, I told Murad that he looks kind of like Pussy Tube. He looks nothing like. Are you him. trying to say You're all just, Arabs yeah. look the same? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was literally an Arab stereotype comment. I know. We don't all look the same, okay? It was just funny. He was like, "What? Because I'm bald and I have a beard and I'm Arab?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> that's precisely why." All right, cool. Um, but no, I, I like. He's like whether it's him or anybody else, like they're doing their thing. Like mm. I was recently. 
uh, in a meeting with a, with a producer on that same comedy that I was just telling you guys about, about immigrants and things like that. Yeah. And I brought up a YouTuber to play a certain role. And I'm like, hey, she would kill this role. And he's like, well, who is she? What has she been in? And I'm like, well, she, her YouTube channel has this many. He's just like, YouTube? He's a much older guy, so he's uh, like, not. He's just, okay. He doesn't get it. <laughs> YouTube? Yeah, yeah, so he's just like, YouTube? She's a YouTuber? Like, what does that mean? I meant like, you know, what has she been in in terms of movies? I'm like, well, she was, she's was. she been in one film in like a small role. But like, he was just like, no, we don't. We Liza want, Koshy? Like, no, no, no. It's not even wrong wrong ethnicity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's Asian, Dina. actually. Oh, never mind. It's, it's for an Asian character. And he didn't, he didn't really, he didn't, he didn't like believe me. And I'm just like, okay. So I, I like grabbed a bunch of her stuff where she's playing different characters on these YouTube videos. And I put, and some of her stuff, some of this girl's, honestly, I don't even remember what the, what the girl's name is right now, but some of the stuff is like really well made. Like mm-hmm. she has like fight scenes and stuff like that. They're like, dang, wow. like, <laughs> yeah, some like serious choreography here and cinematography and everything is great. So I started showing it to him. Um, and I'm just like, look, look what she's done here. And he kind of backed up. He was like, oh wow, she's. She's really good. And I'm like, yeah. And on top of that, she has like a million people following her on YouTube. Like she's huge. Like this girl, like she'll bring. It, it could help your movie. Th- that's exactly like they're br- somebody who's a successful YouTuber brings more than just their talent. They're an influencer, right? And that's the thing now is that like the talent slash influencer thing is a big deal. Because somebody mm-hmm. could be an influencer and you might want to use them in a certain way, but they're not a talented actor, so you can't cast them in a role. So, and somebody else might be the opposite. They might be a talented actor, but all they bring to the project is their talent. Right? Why do people cast celebrities in roles that they don't fit? I how many times have you seen that you're watching a movie? You're like, why did they cast that? That person doesn't even fit that role because they're a huge celebrity. Mm. That's it. They cast this huge celebrity to bring the views in, right? So if somebody is already an influencer, they have a huge following online, and they're talented on camera. That's like when when yeah, that's like uh, what's it called a. Uh, double something I don't know what I'm trying to say you guys know what I'm saying yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah like you bring in a lot to the table yeah. so so uh, can you tell everybody um, about the the one that you just worked on now where they can find that and, and any other upcoming projects you have the Rhythms of Faith mm-hmm. Rhythms yeah. of Faith is you just going ask to me be the on title of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we rapped last week, so what did I say about myself? We I've rapped, moved on already. We rapped two days ago. The, oh, my God. Yeah, we see, we rapped two days ago, and I've already moved on. That's I've awesome. already moved on. Like, I'm already thinking about the next project I'm working on. <laughs> so, He's, like, already advertising his next one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Rhythms of Faith is going to be on Dean TV's uh, YouTube channel. Okay, cool. So, cool. Um, and where yeah. can people find you? You're not on social media or anything? Like, I am. I'm on. I mean, technically, I'm on all of them. On well, Facebook, where can people watch your stuff? Uh huh. Uh huh. Please tell them where they can find your stuff. They're not all consolidated in one place. Yeah, we know. (laughs) Trust and believe. To prepare for this interview, they're nowhere to be found. They're kind of they're scattered. Some of them are they're on different things. But I mean, okay. So you get uh, some of them are on my uh, Facebook thing. (laughs) My Facebook thing. We're we're trying to to help you out here. I know you're trying to help me out here. Okay. So my my he's like he's like you'll you'll come across him someday. That's Literally. his plug. That's yeah, his that's plug. my plug. Yeah, look for me, search if, me. No, I mean, yeah. If people I'll search you, will they will Google come? Google him? You can Google me. You'll find you'll find my stuff is kind of scattered. Some of it's on my website, although I need to update that too, which is MuradAldin.com. Uh, some of it's on my social media pages. Some of it is on the pages of the productions themselves. All right. So like his that's IMDb, there you go. That's IMDb. something. After this, give us like your three top links, and we'll put in the description. Yeah. That will work wherever and, they're and, scattered. And throughout. for you guys, and actually any of your listeners too, um, clearly I need a publicist. So any recommendations, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, so yeah, Rhythms of Faith will be on the Dean TV uh, YouTube channel. Um, other projects I'm working on right now. Uh, I'm working on a real fun one, actually, another web series called uh, LOL Parenting. 
which is real fun because okay, yeah, I'm a parent. I saw the one, um, the most recent one that you had, the wings, the fairy wings. The fairy wings, that's yeah, a fun that one. Nice yeah. twist in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and a very cool progressive. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, you know, we kind of were trying to hit like, there's others that are, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, it is like that. I wasn't expecting that. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> like that whole series is really fun because I'm a parent. I have two kids and I actually have a third one on the way. Mashallah. So, um, and when you're, when you're raising kids, man, kids are nuts. Kids are crazy. And, like all kinds of, like, like I said, like Sorry, ultimately at the end of the day, I'm a storyteller. Right. And like so many stories come from like watching these kids grow up and all the nutty things that they do so yeah. a friend of mine got together and said you know we should turn this into a web series so what we do is we take all these stories of parents because that's what parents do when you guys yeah. have kids you'll see you're going to sit around with other people who have kids and you're going to do just these long three four hour sessions of just telling stories about things that your kids do and it's not always going to be like oh little you know so and so look did this amazing thing at school no it's like my kid crapped on the carpet the other day and like it's just like crazy like you know things like that so it's we a started, cool idea yeah, so we started taking those things and we recreate them as these little sketches. Yeah. And it's doing really well. That channel has, I think, almost 100,000 followers right now. Nice. Um, and the, the the videos are getting three, 400,000 views each and a lot of engagement. So well, yeah. I'm sure so. they're popping off on Facebook. They are. That's on Facebook. If you look up LOL Parenting okay. on Facebook, okay, that's cool, that's cool. there. Um, awesome. Other than that, I'm working on that comedy about immigration. It's called Deported. That's going to be coming out probably maybe early next year. That's, that's going to be a, a real cool project. Um, I just got brought in uh, uh, to a project. Uh, I don't think I can say the title for that one, but that's a real cool one about. <laughs> okay, so I can give the premise for it. That that one is um, anybody brown, second generation, who grew up in the 90s will relate to it. That's nice. very nice. specific, but sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still awesome. It's, it's that's basically, it's about, a, it's about a group of kids growing up in the 90s, but a, a group of brown kids growing up in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that that one, but we're in the very early stages of that. So, um, basically come across them sometime in the future, yeah. somewhere, somehow. And I'm also <laughs> working on uh, a TV show in the Middle East uh, called Yat Juj. Whoa. Yeah. So, that, that's kind of in the horror genre. Uh, so you guys know yeah, Juj? No. So Gog and Magog, yeah, Juj and Mat Juj. It's one of the signs of the day of judgment, right? Oh my god. Okay, okay. So we took like what else are most Muslims uh, yeah, see she's shuddering right now, right? Because if you want to scare Muslims, you can either say jinn, right? Or you start talking about like the day of judgment and the signs yeah, of the day yeah. of judgment, right? So the jinn thing is done. Like I did one, there's like fifty other jinn films out there. That's done. <laughs> so this friend of mine, he came up with this idea, he was like, What else scares Muslims? He's like, Ah, oh, the day of judgment. Pork. <laughs> that too. Okay. Make, it, make another horror film called so, Pork. <laughs> so we have a whole show that we're developing right now that it'll be in Arabic, it'll be in the Middle East, but it's gonna be subtitled in English too for non Arabic speakers to watch it. But the whole thing revolves around the concept and the idea of the signs of the day of judgment start happening. That is what? creepy. Yeah. It's wow. it's it's so good. It's kind of like in the light of like, it's post-apocalyptic, so it's like very like Walking Dead type of oh, like. Wow. It is that's creepy. Cool. It's really good. We have the whole first season ready, and it's just it is nuts. That's awesome. It's so yeah, yeah. Well, it's nuts. Murad, but it's really we're excited good. for uh, all of these projects to come up, and I'm sure the uh, listeners will go and watch your stuff right now and look forward to that coming out. But we have one last uh, question that we ask at the end of every podcast. All right. Amber, do you want to take that away? Yes. If you could describe yourself as any flavor, what would it be and why? Flavor? flavor. This is strange flavors. <laughs> Bring on your flavor. What's happening? Flavor. Man. Flavor of anything. That describes you. That describes me. <laughs> He's like, oh, I can't even describe it. It doesn't oh have to be an ice God. cream flavor. <sighs> Come on, storyteller. Just say the first one that comes to your head and make it 
<laughs> like I'm thinking, it's, I know this is weird, but like a, I don't know, like a graham cracker caramel type of thing. Okay. Right? And why? <laughs> well, first of all, I love it, but that's, um, I don't know. There's like a, there's a, see, now I feel like I'm sounding arrogant, but there's like, a, it's almost like a, like vanilla, strawberry, chocolate. Those are such like basic uh, <laughs> flavors, <laughs> you know, caramel, something, something that's like almost, I'm, I'm almost thinking something's like even, I don't you know can, what I'm saying. This is about you. you can, it, it is about me. About it's just, it's a little bit more of a complex, a little bit more of a sophisticated, you know, kind of flavoring when you mm. get into like, because I'm even thinking like caram- like the caramel, like macchiatos and coffees and things like that. Like, I'm almost thinking of like something that you would like sip a coffee and like have a cigar at the same time. Like something like that. Wow. <laughs> but in flavor <laughs> form. Although I don't smoke that? cigars. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like so, something that is... Um, that's what you said, graham cracker. Yeah, graham cracker. Uh, caramel. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's the flavor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. like a graham cracker caramel thing because it's a little bit like it's older. It's a little bit more sophisticated. Maybe it's a little damaged. It's not really maybe necessarily <laughs> good for you, but you know. <laughs> that's that's perfect. Yeah, yeah that's fine. But it, but that it, but it, it's satisfying at the same time. Mm. See, and because you have that hat on, I believe you. <laughs> it <laughs> comes with the hat. Really the flavor. The hat's on the flavor. Yeah. <laughs> well, graham cracker. Uh, <laughs> graham cracker caramel uh we thank you for um being on the podcast today and uh thank you guys for listening to another episode of strange flavors it's been another week another flavor a little less stranger we'll talk to you next time you know how to take in chit tacos i like r's and v's and o's i don't really play no tic-tac-toe we chumps through highs and lows we seen man last night they froze was no cameras was no pose just like that one time at cello good thing man we're pulling our phones staying big six six with woes man start dissing and doing repose they do anything except rolls still can't see them after snows i don't have time for the waste man jokes personal thing if i'm getting up close loyal to oaks i've taken a oath